Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the EdTech Distilled podcast. My name is Adam Geisen. With me, as always, is Dave Lurch. Dave? Hello. He's not in the bathroom, so he may end up running to the bathroom at some point during our session. You never know with Dave. There's a table right here, so who knows? Today, Nice. Today, uh, we are doing something a little different. This is not a normal podcast. This is instead us presenting at IETC 21 in Springfield, Illinois, uh, here on uh, November 19th, Friday. We are excited to be doing the 9 o'clock session, um, and we're excited that there's some folks with us. So let's hear it from the folks, if you can say something. Hopefully that came through. I don't know. I I said woo. So yeah, that did. (laughs) That one came through. Um, So our intention today, obviously, is to go through um, just sort of step by step why we created a podcast, how we kind of created a podcast, how you guys can do this on your own, how you could do this same stuff with your students in your classroom as well. Um, And all of the resources are going to be in the show notes. So if you are at home listening to this or in your car listening to this or in the bathroom listening to this, you on your phone can also get to these same show notes. Mm. Um, Just first a little bit about the two of us. So Dave, why don't you start? Yeah, my name is David Lurch. I am a teacher in Marissa District 40 in Marissa, Illinois. No one knows where that is, but it's near Belleville. Illinois, which uh, that's our one claim to fame as being relatively close to Belleville. Um, I've been in education for 15 years. I have taught sixth grade math and science for 10 of those. Uh, the last couple of years, I've been working in district as what's titled a distance learning teacher, which is basically a combination of um, instructional coach, um, dean of students, PD developer, um, jack of all trades, master of none, and uh, very exhausted. So uh, that's kind of what I've been doing right now uh, in my uh, in my district. So Adam, a little bit about you. My name is Adam Geisen. I uh, am a tech director uh, and tech coach at the Pontiac William Holiday School District in Fairview, Illinois. Woo! PWH. Yeah. Yeah. PWH. Yeah. One PWH folk in here. So uh, we uh, it's a K eight district. It's a pretty small little district, um, but it's uh, it's a good place to work and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, we are. Um, I, I used to be with the Triad School District in Troy, Illinois. I did all sorts of crazy PD things, and we've done stuff like this a lot. Uh, but prior to that, uh, I taught high school English for a number of years. So, um, you know, both of us are coming from the classroom. Both mm-hmm. of us now are in roles where we still are in the classroom a little bit here and there, um, him more than me. Uh, but we still like to see these kinds of cool, innovative things going on um, in uh, in the classrooms that we that we see. Right. So we are, um, so the podcast thing came about is Dave and I are not from the same place. Dave and I, in fact, had never actually met in person. I think um, this is our prior, second this time. Is our second time meeting second time in person. Physically meeting. Um, we really just met through email. Um, right. Dave emailed me like nonstop and was like, be my friend, be my friend. So then right. I finally was like, okay, God. It worked. It did you. work. Yeah. So, so uh, we, but in working with the GEG, the Southern Illinois GEG, trying to get that back up off the ground, we're still trying to get that back up off the ground. Right. We decided what would be more fun would be to start a podcast with the two of us, um, just basically talk about educational technology and drink alcohol. Uh, and so right. that was where the podcast name um, EdTech Distilled came from. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's the double entendre of uh, distilled being like <laughs> boiling things down right. to its base points, but also right. distilled because we drink uh, alcohol. So uh, what this sort of became is a way for us to chat with people that uh, mm-hmm. we would never really have chatted with. Otherwise, it became a way for us to kind of talk and, and work out some stuff in our own heads. Um, you know, it's kind of therapeutic. Um, we are not by any means Joe Rogan or anything like that. Like we don't have bazillion followers, uh, and that's okay because the podcast is really more for us and the few people that it applies to than absolutely you know anybody else. Um, and uh, and so we kind of thought it was a unique way to sort of get our information out uh, in a simple and really uh, sort of pretty cheap way to get our ideas mm-hmm. uh, out there in the world. Um, value for teachers. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So coming from the classroom and working with teachers a lot, uh, you know, in my day-to-day job, a lot of times uh, teachers will ask, what are some engaging things they can do with students? And I think there needs to be a level of tech uh, savvy when it comes to something like this. However, I also think that um, this is the ideal way to engage with students is doing a podcast. And actually, as we go on, we're going to talk about ways that you could literally start this tomorrow if you wanted with your class uh, requires one click and not, you can run with it not it's, tomorrow uh, what's tomorrow saturday 
So what Monday, to, we'll edit that out. Uh, what I meant to say was after Thanksgiving, because you can, you know, I do it on Monday. We'll edit that out. Uh, whenever you're doing this, the next time you're physically in the classroom, you can start. There this. you go. Thank you. So uh, one of the cool things about doing this, though, is it's hyper engaging for students and it gives them a voice and it gives them choice. Right. Voice and choice is a constant uh, thing that we're pushing for in education and podcasts do that. Um, another thing that I think is valuable for teachers is that it gives them a way to have students communicate in an alternate informational style. So traditionally, teachers are going to come into things and they might be looking for uh, summative or formative assessment, and they're asking for you as a student to provide that assessment in some way, form, or shape. And this gives the ability to do that, but with some flexibility where students can do it with their own voice. Um, and I also really like this for a, a way to meet kids where they are at. So uh, last year, I had a high school ELA teacher do this with her journalism class. And her uh, task was simply to create a podcast about a topic you're passionate about. And in the process of that, she required them to integrate whatever uh, skills they were working on in their show notes or the things that they had written up. And what the kids did, the thing that they were passionate about, uh, she had a group of a dozen female students and all of them were passionate about strong women and telling their voice. So what they ended up doing was the, they did one episode where they interviewed uh, one of their great grandmothers at a nursing home. And then that turned into 15 episodes of them interviewing every single uh, woman that was a resident at the nursing home to tell their story. And uh, then we came up with an idea and it was called the Wonder Women podcast. Uh, I even helped them make stickers for it. And so those girls were able to make a choice, share their voice, share other people's voice. It was an amazing experience. And that was literally from a teacher saying, uh, okay, so you're gonna make a podcast. Here's the tool you can make your podcast with. Tell me something you're passionate about. Here are my expectations for this. Now you figure it out. And they did it. Uh, and so as we go on, we'll talk a little bit about how you can grade that too, because as cool as that is, and as much as we can sit here and we can talk about, you know, don't do homework, don't grade, do this, do this. We do have to have a bottom line for these things. I mean, parents are going to expect it. I can't have a parent come into my class and say, Mr. Lurch, how's my kid doing? It's like, great. They explored this and did their own thing with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Except what's their grade? Uh, sunshine and rainbows, yeah. you know, you can't do that. And so we'll talk about ways that you can do that a little bit later. Um, Adam, what about for students? What do you think is something valuable for students? Uh, so one of the things that I really liked, and, and I, you kind of hit it on the nose, right. uh, you're talking a little bit too about how students um, can explore things that they're already interested in. Right. A podcast can also be a really great way for them to present information in a way that's sort of unusual and different. Um, and I think that we kind of get stuck in, you know, at the high school level, everything's an essay. People don't really like presentations because a lot of times presentations take too long. You have to take a week out of your lessons to have people do presentations. Um, you know, I taught high school English. And I really didn't get into podcasts until after I'd left the classroom. I got into a lot of the cool stuff that I do that I like now after I left the classroom, which kind of sucks. But it's typically, uh, how it typically how it happens. Yeah. But um, this is a great way as an alternative like presentation style because to record a podcast um, and, and the important thing is that they're not reading it. They're not just writing an essay and then reading that essay on the podcast. The key is that you have highlighted points. And then they, they just have to actually physically explain what they know, explain what they learn um, without having the time to be able to, you know, edit, without having the time to have somebody else read their paper. Um, I mean, it has to be there and you have to know the information. I can't imagine a better way um, to, you know, present that. And then you don't have to necessarily take a bazillion hours of class time as everybody goes through their presentation where they're turning around reading off the slides. Like we've all done that. We've seen it. Um, they can't do that in this situation. So it is a good uh, sort of an alternative style. Um, the important thing, though, if you are going to do this with your students, and we've got some ideas here uh, at the bottom of that first page. Um, so how do you do the podcast with your students? And I know you mentioned a second ago that a teacher said, here's the tool that you're going to use. What was the tool that they used? Sure. Uh, they use Anchor as okay. the uh, podcasting tool. Now, I will say that uh, when we're looking at tools, we put a couple of on there. Yeah. Honestly, anything that records, and truly that's what we're kind of getting at, is that I think that there is this uh, misconception that recording a podcast requires a lot of things. And we'll get into like the, the, the toppings of what you can do with this, but the base level is I got to have a way to record and something to record with. And 90% of our one-to-one -one schools have Chromebooks that have microphones built into it. Mm -hmm. They may not be the greatest microphones, but if you just want the kids to explore this process, you can just tell them to record and go from there. Uh, Anchor is fantastic for that. 
Uh, but another one that a lot of our primary teachers are using is Flipgrid as well. And uh, Flipgrid, just turning off the video and allowing them to record their microphone works well as, uh, uh, as well. And you can set a time limit on recording so kids don't end up rambling. Like we might when we set out to intend to record a 45-minute podcast mm -hmm. um, at 8.30 at night. And then I come upstairs and it's midnight. Right. And my wife's like, where were you? Well, you had to finish all three whiskeys. I mean, you can't <laughs> just have one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's absolutely true. And I think one of the most important things too is that kids see examples um and so it, it's tough it's tough in that situation for a teacher to just say okay guys a podcast is an option for you you know to present your information but if they if kids don't listen to podcasts and i'll tell you probably most of them don't uh some of them probably do um but not as many as we would like um so they need examples and so we threw a few examples on here um the first two are kind of elementary type focused um, the six minutes one is a great one. It's six minute stories. They're fantastic. They're entertaining. They're short, um, but the kids love them. And so I think they come out. Is it once a week that they come out? I don't remember how often they come out, but I think so. something like that. Anyway, um, so they, they're doing new ones all the time. That's a great resource. Wow in the World is a science-based one. So that one's a little less uh, fiction-y, um, but also a great like entertaining comedy. It's pretty funny. Um, that's, a, that's a great podcast. Uh, the third one is my favorite podcast in the whole world, which is 99% Invisible, uh, which is based, uh, it's, it's just, a, it's, they're out of Oakland, but they do design stories about the weird things that you don't ever think about uh, in design. They talk about, you know, strange things about how certain, uh, like where did toilet paper come from? Why do we have toilet paper? And like, what purpose does it do? And like weird stuff like that. Um, but it's really entertaining and, and really, really fascinating about art and design. So older kids would love it uh, if you find a topic that's you know interesting to them. Uh, Big Life Kids is another really good one. You see that one on there. Yeah, it's it's uh, Big Life Kids is great for growth mindset, and BigLifeKids.com has a ton of free resources uh, that pair up with the podcast itself. So each podcast is about fifteen minutes or less. Um, and it's all about uh, an individual who has a problem in their life and they either work to overcome it or they are in the process of doing it. And a lot of times these are real people. Uh, recently, there was a podcast put out about a girl from India who had come from a very uh, impoverished uh, town and she went on to become a chess master uh, just because somebody in her village had taught her how to play chess and uh, somebody had seen her do it and someone had put a video on YouTube of her playing. And so it was just about how, like, regardless of audience, you still need to do what you love to do. It doesn't matter if you are the best at it, the worst at it, uh, whether somebody is physically there seeing it or not, it's still worth exploring that. And uh, with that, what paired off with it is there were multiple activities that you could do with your students. Now, Big Life Kids skews younger. And I, and I will say we have a third grader um, at home and she does a lot of this. And I think probably fifth grade is the cutoff for that. However, SEL is probably the hottest term right now in education, and yet no one knows what to do with it. Uh, we know we want to throw a lot of money at SEL, but we don't necessarily know good programs that are uh, offer a lot of uh, content. And uh, Big Life Kids is free, and it's a podcast. It's bite-sized. It comes with content that makes kids think, and it's all growth mindset-based. Uh, so definitely something worth checking out there. Uh, I, something I saw with our middle school and our junior high kids too is that uh, kids aren't necessarily pulling up podcasts on their phone. So they're not going to Spotify. They're not going to, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts or they're not going to Google Play or anything like that to find their podcast. What I've seen more kids doing is pulling it up on YouTube. A lot of kids are listening to their podcasts on YouTube. And apparently, which clearly this is a generational thing because I have no idea who any of these people are. Um, all these YouTubers the kids like are all recording their own podcast and uploading it to their channel. My third grader is doing the same thing, unbeknownst to me, using iMovie. So um, she uses her school Gmail account, which her dad onboards all the kids to. And uh, <laughs> she uploads her videos from iMovie. And the other day she's like, Dad, I'm up to 10 subscribers. I said, that's great. What? <laughs> so uh, that's good. Scary. Good. So I, again, I think there's just so many ways that you can expose the kids to it. And uh, in the example I gave about our ELA teacher, Mrs. Rice, uh, who is brilliant, she had kind of made sure that kids had a list of podcasts they liked. And it was a holistic discussion as to what podcasts they liked, what podcasts they didn't. And kids who weren't involved with those podcasts or didn't listen to them were maybe they piqued their interest. Now, one discussion we did have to have with the group of girls was that um, I know that you all love the true crime murder mystery podcast where it goes into the grisly details of how people have died. Maybe not a school appropriate one. So save that one for when you're not at school. Talk about that when you're on the bus. So, but do that then. 
Uh, anything else, Adam, with uh, good podcast examples? Or- oh, a great podcast example. Any of you guys see the show uh, Only Murders in the Building? The Steve Martin, Martin Short. Okay. But it's just on Hulu. If you haven't, uh, if you don't have Hulu, you should get it for a month or get it free and watch that show. Totally worth it. Hilarious, first of all, because Steve Martin and Martin Short are fantastic. But the premise of the show is that they are putting together a podcast because they're avid listeners to this murder podcast done by Tina Fey, which I think is funny too. But anyway, um, the uh, so this this podcast, they're so like involved in it, and then there's a murder in their building. So Martin Short, Steve Martin. Uh, and uh, uh, Selena Gomez, she's great in it too. They're all great in it. Um, they uh, so they create their own podcast to try to solve this problem, and uh, it's hilarious. We, but it does kind of go through like how podcasting sort of works. And they talk about recording, and like then there's a little fan club that shows up. It, it's it's pretty great. So just a really good like kind of fun way to kind of think about it. Um, the next two links that we have are are important because the. Uh, one of the things that is probably the most daunting part of the podcast in the classroom type idea uh, is how do you do it? How do you get your kids to start planning? How do you get your kids to organize it? Where do they come up with their ideas? Uh, and the link right below the big ideas, uh, one, it's the New York Times has uh, basically a website and it was done in 2020. It's not super, super brand new, but it's still really good because it has a bunch of examples in it, but it's basically a teacher's sort of lesson plan for how you can start incorporating podcasts in the classroom. It's a great resource to just at least kind of go through and grab an idea here and there, or grab an example. Uh, and so that's a really good resource. Uh, and then the next question was kind of like, really, you know, you tell your kids to record podcasts, like really how do you actually do it? Like the important part too is like, what kind of tools are they going to be able to use? You know, the first question is, what do they what do they have? If students have Chromebooks, they can absolutely record a, a podcast on their Chromebook in any number of ways. And like uh, Dave said, it does not have to be audio only. And it doesn't have to end up being uploaded to anything. Um, they can use the camera that's built in to the Chromebook itself, and they don't, they don't have to be connected to the internet and re- can record a podcast that way. Um, if you have applications like Loom or Screencastify, you can actually use Screencastify to record the whole thing including like music, uh, like opening music, closing music. They could just do the whole podcast live on a on Screencastify and then actually just download the audio. So then they do just have the audio of their podcast. Right. Uh, just using Screencastify, and I think the free version will still do all that. Yep. Uh, I think there's a five-minute limit, but you, yep. which is probably fine. Dealing with kids like you don't want a 55-minute podcast from 10-year-olds. Um, it might be interesting. At first, and then probably not after that. Maybe you do for evidence at some point. Right, <laughs> yeah, for evidence. Uh, but the uh, anyway, so using the Chromebooks can be a little bit daunting. Um, sometimes you know kids need earphones to plug in, an earphone with a microphone included, especially if they're going to be in a classroom with other kids recording. Um, Chromebooks. It's interesting that that, uh, that Dave brought this up because Chromebooks do have a built-in microphone, and like most decent Chromebooks, the microphone that is built in is actually a better microphone than what they may be plugging into it right. uh, for catching like atmospheric sound uh, for everything else that's kind of around, which is which is interesting because um, if you're sitting in front of it and you're the only one in the room, it's going to sound really really good. If you're sitting in front of it and there's four other people also in the room having a conversation, it's not going to be good. Um, and so maybe sometimes spreading out, you know, throughout the hallway, going to a library, sometimes like the recording process takes a little bit of pre-thought um, and making sure earphones with microphones solves all of those problems. Um, so that's a great way to do it. Um, you can do what we're doing. Let me show you really quickly how we record ours. So basically we use Google Meet uh, because Dave and I are not in the same room ever. This is the only time we've ever done this together. Right. Um, but we just simply use Google Meet and we record the meeting. Then afterward, uh, it sends you the video, and then I use WeVideo to edit it, which is super simple. Um, and WeVideo is not an expensive process. You can really use any video editing <clears throat> software. I choose to use video because I just like it. I have experience with it. Um, and so basically, we'll record. So we kind of set up the meetings ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, this is great because we have guests on our show. 
Uh, we've had Eric Kurtz on our show. We've had um, Matt, Matt Miller has been on our show. People here today have been on our show. Matt Weld. Uh, Matt Weld has been on our show from uh, Teach Illinois. Like we and we just try to reach out to random people that we see on Twitter or people that are uh, you know dealing with some topic that we think is interesting. And it's amazing how many people are like, "Yeah, I'll be on your podcast." Like, "Oh, where I get to drink too?" Like, sweet. Like, and so this it's pretty fun to be able to uh, just kind of have those conversations and those experiences that we wouldn't have otherwise. I never was really. I, mean, I did meet Eric Kurtz one time. Oh and wow! I did say hey to him, and he's like, "Hey," and then we moved on. But then we got to have an hour-long conversation, and it was fantastic. Um, and so, like that is kind of the uh, an easy way to do this using Google Meet. Um, there's again, like we said, lots of other ways you can record. Zoom has a good uh, version of Zoom as your thing. Um, you know, my my suggestion would be if you are considering doing this, and this is something you want to do immediately and you wanna give your kids all the bells and whistles, or you're worried about maybe making it something where uh, you wanna give the kids a base level to work with and then students can add in what they want to make it their own. My suggestion is always Flipgrid. Flipgrid uh, recently had a major update where you can incorporate music into your video. And what's cool is they set the music at a level that it's not going to play over the audio. So you actually don't have to physically go in and edit that. And uh, recently for an SEL class that uh, I had a chance to be a part of with a group of uh, students, that was their goal was to explain ways in which they were uh, using empathy in the classroom. You know, what does that look like? And uh, they recorded a podcast about it. So they were they went ahead and they made a Google Doc with, I gave them a couple of questions they needed to answer. So they introduced themselves, they answered those questions and they recorded it on Flipgrid. But what was nice is that when you're done, uh, Flipgrid allows you to incorporate music directly into it. You can put stickers, you can make it different. And uh, this was a group of fourth graders with very low tech experience. And there wasn't a lot of prompting for me doing that. And so I think uh, just with so many of those tools built in, that's my suggestion if you want to get started immediately with a group of students. And the other thing is you can limit your time, which as Adam said, hey, 55 minute fifth grade podcast might be fantastic. All I want to hear about is uh, Minecraft or all I want to hear about is, you know, whatever is great. But TikTok. TikTok, oh yeah. But you can set it for five minutes and the kids understand that this is the space I have to record and go from there. And I think that takes away, and we'll get to grading and we talk about rubric grading and single point rubrics, but that uh, limiting factor takes away the ability for you to say, hey, it needs to be five minutes or less. Well, if it needs to be five minutes or less, but there's no like restrictor put there, the kids might go over, they might get a lot of good content. And then you're stuck with a situation where, hey, this is six and a half minutes. I said five minutes or less, but they nailed everything I wanted to. So it's kind of going counterintuitive to what you had asked. As Flipgrid, since you can set that time limit, it's just built in. Kids got to work around it. Uh, Flipgrid also has a great editing tool built in that is very intuitive for kids. It's literally a click, a drag, done. They can figure it out. Again, group of fourth graders, low tech group, very limited experience. They could publish a podcast totally on their own. Very little prompting for me. Uh, all I did was give them the questions, show them the tool about 15 minutes, and they went crazy with it. So shout out to Miss McMahon's class if you're listening, which if you are, why are you doing that? It's a school day. So uh, maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. So, uh, um, go ahead, so the other thing, too, I, I added on here how to use Google tools. Um, I do actually have like a series of videos that I had recorded a year or so ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, that maybe two years ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it might be older than that. Anyway, um, using Chromebooks to record podcasts uh, in, the, in the classroom. So it talks about Screencastify. If you don't use Screencastify, it also gives you an extension that will rip the MP3 off of a video um, that's also free. So like there are all sorts of weird little ways that you can actually make it a, an audio podcast. Uh, and it talks a little bit about building a website as well. Well, uh, which we can kind of get into it in just a minute. But let's before we do that, let's talk about the grading. And then we'll jump into you guys creating your own podcast if you're interested in that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would say with any tech demonstration you want the kids to do, whether it's a video, a podcast, a recording, a slideshow, screencast, whatever it is, I think your best bet's always going to be grading on a rubric. Just because I think if you use a rubric, uh, you have a better chance of getting some authentic grades with those students. And with that being said, I, all my years of teaching science and math, uh, I am all about the easiest way to get something done. And so my favorite thing, I put two podcast rubric examples. And the second link that's on there is a link to, um, I I'm forgetting the uh, university that shared it. There are dozens upon dozens of rubric examples, and they're all great. And they all meet the requirement of what a professional, well-made rubric looks like. However, I struggled as a teacher when I said a four is this, and it was a paragraph. 
for my category that I felt like that was too much to communicate to my kids. So I'm a big fan of yes, no checklists or single point rubrics, meaning did you state your name? Oh, you did. Okay. Here's your points. Did you answer question number one? Okay. You did. Here's your points. Did you answer question two? Oh, you didn't. Okay. I have to take a point away because to me, if you set it up in a yes, no style or a single point where this is what I'm looking for, your students are going to give you what they're looking for and they're going to be able to be creative with it as well. So again, it's going to be totally dependent on what type of podcast or class that you run. Uh, but each of these is an example of what I think is an effective way to do this. And my suggestion would always be the way that I ran STEM projects, experiments, you know, media projects is just something yes, no, where it is explicit and you can't mess it up. Uh, I think that's typically the best way to go. Uh, Adam, anything on uh, grading? No, not really. Okay, good. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, but there's a lot of links there. No, you did such a good job that I have nothing to add, Dave. Well done. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, you're welcome. So again, this is such a positive podcast for us. We just nothing but compliments back and forth. It's very nice. Um, good for my self-esteem. So if, you, uh, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, which again, there is like no limit on the number of podcasts that are out in the world. Like you can have your own podcast with like two followers and that is a success, I think. Um, and so again, we wanted to do ours. I did do one with um, my previous district, but it was a district podcast. Like it was intended to get information to parents and students, which actually was really cool. We did really like doing it. Uh, and it gave us a little bit of leeway, but you know, when it's, when it's attached to a school district, um, there are limitations. We were not able to drink during that podcast. Uh, it was unfortunate, but you can at your uh, school. No, we cannot in our school. We couldn't to that school. Why do you think I left? Oh, there <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Pontiac, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. We'll edit that. Woo! Okay. We'll edit so, <laughs> so anyway, um, but Dave and I again, we wanted to kind of create our own thing that where we could just sort of talk about the things we wanted to talk about. Uh, but most importantly, at the beginning, we had to come up with like what was it that we were going to talk about. You can have a podcast that's just like two guys talking right. and uh, that is totally a fine podcast we did want to wrap it around something that we you know have strong feelings about things that we feel like we at least know a little bit about um and those two things were ed tech and uh, and alcohol so um that was kind of our focus the next trip trick and this was kind of the most difficult part uh was finding a podcast hosting service so now a lot of people don't really understand how this how this part of the whole thing works um, and you know, having a podcast and recording it with your kids and your kids putting it in Google classroom, whatever, that is perfect for that. If you want to have a real podcast that has actual listeners, you do need to go through some kind of podcast hosting service. And there are a bunch of them, like lots of them. Um, so I included a link here in, uh, in this document to a bunch of hosting options. So I did a bunch of research as we started this process. Um, to find out which ones we thought would fit our needs the best, which ones were going to be the most cost effective, uh, which ones provided the most services included in the lowest price, you know, which is all kind of basic money saving stuff because we didn't want to spend a lot of money on this project. Um, basically, we ended up going with Podbean, <coughs> excuse me, Podbean, which is at the top um, because they had some of the features that we wanted. We didn't want to have, uh, you know, upload or download limits. Um, at that $9 a month price, which again, $9 a month is like a hundred bucks uh, a year, 120 bucks a year. Right. Um, and we thought that was totally worth it. Um, you know, I mean, you think about how many other things you pay a hundred dollars a year for like Amazon. I mean, those things are worth it. This is sort of one of our, like, you know, what, 50 bucks for each of us. It was really not that big a deal. Um, and I think that that's kind of one of those things too. If you really want to do this and have it be worthwhile, it's not going to be a hundred percent free. Um, there were definitely free options. Right. We just chose to bump it up a touch. Um, just so we got a little bit of extra stuff. So we went kind of through, um, you, there are analytics include, included with almost every podcast service. Um, you can schedule a lot of them to make sure that you can record them ahead of time and then have them come out at a certain time. Um, some of them include things like dynamic, dynamic content like being able to put ads in, um, like if you listen to a podcast that was recorded, you know, four years ago and the advertisement that's in the middle of it is from something that's happening right now, like that's confusing, but that's how podcast services work. They take advertisements and just plug them in as you're listening, as, as you're streaming them, uh, which is really kind of cool, but it does give you the opportunity to actually monetize your podcast. We've not gone that direction. Um, I don't know if we will. Um, probably not. We're not that interested in doing that, but it's definitely something that you could do. If you, if you get a number of followers and you want to monetize it, 
all of these services will offer that in some way, shape, right. or form. And you can make money uh, with ads on your podcast. Well, and, and one thing about Anchor, uh, Anchor comes up a lot with, uh, it's a very easy and free to use podcasting service. And if you do a Google search on Anchor, you're going to see a lot of uh, differing opinions on whether or not uh, you should use it because it's owned right. by Spotify. Mm -hmm. So Spotify has pushed this out as a podcasting service. Now, the debate has been, if you record a podcast on Anchor, do you own it or does Spotify own it? based on what their terms and services state. A uh, lot of discussion about what that actually means. And if you've paid attention to the media at all, you, you might know that uh, Spotify is kind of right now in an argument with their artists for how much they pay per download of songs. It's, it's not a, very, a lot of money. Uh, but recently, Spotify has come out and said, we don't own podcasts through Anchor because of the large amount of minors that use it, a large amount of students that use it and schools use it. And so that's, that's kind of a a concern that's been brought up a lot that's been put to bed. So Anchor is definitely an option too. And if, and if you were on the fence about using that or you read an article recently or from a couple months ago that said that, um, at, at least as far as right now, the terms of service say, uh, you are the sole owner of that podcast. Uh, you're just hosting it through Spotify uh, using Anchor the app. So Right. So what these podcast services will do, speaking of Spotify, um, is it will take your podcast when you upload it, you'll have the opportunity to give it a title. You can throw some show notes in it, some like informational stuff onto the podcast, and then it will send it out to all of these other podcast places. So like any place else that you get your podcasts, um, these services will get them there. So it'll go to, to Apple Podcasts. You usually have to do some funky stuff, like create an account of some kind, and then it'll do it. Um, it'll go to Google. It'll go to you know Stitcher. It'll go to um, what are all the other ones that we have? There's a bunch of them. Uh, like yeah, the Apple one. Yeah, iHeart Music. It'll, yeah. it'll go on there. Pandora. It'll go yeah. on there. Um, Podbean for the upgraded price for the nine dollars will also take it, spend it, send it to Spotify. Spotify required a charge. Um, but everything else is, is free. So really, like you're jumping on board and you can do all of that with the free versions too. We, again, like I said, we just chose to have a little bit of extra. Um, but uh, you can totally do that for free and it'll get it out there. And then it's really in one of those really pod, real podcast places. And you can look and you can scroll and find your own podcast. I mean, it's kind of an exciting thing, really. It makes you feel you know official. And then you have like two listens, but those two listens or four, like one might be you and the other one might be somebody else. And that's pretty enlightening. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of cool. It's, it's my mom, but still, right. usually, like, right? It is somebody who shout out to mom. To Thanks, mom. So. <laughs> so, so the second thing we did was come up with a, a like a rundown, sort of a figure out. We kind of wanted a, a style of uh, what our podcasts were going to sound like and what we were going to talk about, and that's really important because um, again, it makes our job easier. We know what we're going to fill with what, and then right. when we send that out to a person who's going to be our guest. They just kind of fill in the blanks of what they're going to talk about, uh, and it makes it a nice little system. And I think that's the hardest part with students, at least, is getting yeah. them to be a little bit more casual with this. Because the first few times I've seen people do this with students, it's a lot of snickering and giggling because right. they're recording themselves, which is okay, I think. I mean, my, my rule has always been with technology with kids is to do something not for a grade one time so they can just completely horse around with it and give them like 20 minutes and just do your thing. You know, if we're playing with uh, a Google drawings and you want to just draw like stick figures and put weird things, that's fine. Because they're also learning about the tool while they're playing with it. But I think that um, that's the toughest part to communicate to kids. And honestly, to do this ourselves is to get in the habit of just following a breakdown, but also doing it in a not robotic way of saying, next we'll talk about finding a theme and focus. Here's how you find a theme and focus. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives a lot of learning opportunities for teachers because you can talk about authentic voice. Um, you can talk about public speaking with that. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities where you can build that in specifically with your own students. Yeah. So as we kind of came up with our own rundown, that was again one of the one of the more focal points too, and it allows you to sort of have you know if you listen to any sort of talk radio, uh, like sports talk radio, there's always like segments. They'll play little games, or and that's something you could totally include in a podcast, right. which makes it pretty fun. Uh, we've we've been on a few where they're like uh, you know okay what's your what's your quote of the day, and then you've got to talk about a quote. You know, there's some that are like here's the quote, what does this mean to you, and you got to answer it on the spot. Like it's just sort of like interesting, kind of fun extra things that make your show uh, interesting and people can kind of look forward to, oh, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Um, so the next thing is royalty-free music because every uh, podcast needs to have music and you don't want to have to pay for that. So we gave you two examples in here of resources for royalty-free music that all you have to do is say in a show notes somewhere, I include it in the notes of all of our podcasts just to say who, where the music came from. 
So the first one is called Incompetech, which I think is hilarious as a name of a website. Um, but basically, this website is uh, it's a great resource for royalty-free music. So if you scroll down a little bit, he actually has like a newer version of this website, but um, you can see it. You can break them down by types of music. You can break it down by speed. You can break it down by, you know, genre, what kind of instruments are in it. And he, this guy, Kevin McLeod, like records um, all of this stuff. And he's a phenomenal musician. And the songs are like really cool. And you can just use them. I think you he, just have to I give think he does everybody, doesn't it? I mean, like, there's dozens of podcasts that use that, uh, his stuff. Right. And so these are all like, you can just listen to them, you know, on here. Like if we listen to Voxel Revolution. I don't know what this is about. Let Sounds turn like it my style. Oh, it's like Nintendo-y. Nice. Perfect. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna end up with uh, double echo. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, but like those are the types of things that uh, that he has. I mean, he has real music too, and you could like you could do the score for an entire movie with with his stuff. Uh, another great resource is uh, Ben Sound. He's been adding a lot of more, a uh, lot more songs to his too. And you actually might recognize the Ben Sound ones. I hear all the time on yeah. people's podcasts. All the time. Um, but these are good. Again, a good way just to kind of intro and close uh, a podcast. We did. We just chose two random ones that we liked, uh, and we threw those in there. Both of them are from Incompetech, um, and we like those a lot. The most important thing, though, I think you have to kind of take with you at the beginning of this is to have realistic expectations. And I put this in here because, um, and I kind of said it at the beginning, like we we end up with let me let me look here really quickly at our uh, at our stats real fast so you can see because we've been doing this is now episode fifteen that we're on, and we no I'm not going to make two thousand dollars a month. There's no way I'll make two thousand dollars a month. Uh, I mean, yes, honey, I will make two thousand dollars a month. My wife's in here, by the way. Um, we have uh, so we have up to you right now a thousand all-time downloads. Wow! Sounds exciting, except that it's like fifteen episodes. So that's if you do the math. If you do the math. That's like what seventy something an episode. I'll take that. Like, and we started out. Our first three episodes were like, and we, the only reason we got anybody to listen to them was because we sent them out in like the Google Trainer email. We we really abused that. I think and, and like. Well, Eric, uh, not Eric Kurt. Kurtz was like our third guest. Yeah. So when you put like Eric Kurtz on there, you know, we're like, hey, we're new. Can you join us so we get some traction? And that totally helped. Really did. Uh, you know, I mean, and then we sent it out and he tweeted about it and that helped. So like eventually it will grow. You know, I think a thousand is pretty, that's not terrible. Um, and it brings back the, the um, if you saw the only murders in the building uh, where they get, uh, they're following Selena Gomez out to this place and, and they, the car breaks down. So they're getting a ride with these two guys and they're, the guys are like, well, why are we following these people? It's like, well, we're recording a podcast. And they're like, oh, we have a podcast too. We're like the gardening something. And they're like, oh, for you guys, like give me the old college try. And he goes, yeah, we just got uh, 60,000 followers and we were featured on Apple podcasts. And it's hilarious. Martin Short is so funny and he handled, oh it was just so well done so if you're listening martin you should be on our podcast so should be on our podcast yes we need to reach out to him mm -hmm. uh but anyway like realistic expectations you know again we're totally happy with this sure. we're not frustrated by the fact that you know if we get 70 listens an episode right. i think that is way better than what we thought because sure. again it's really as much for us as it is for anything else and i think that is uh you know we talk about self-care we talk about you know making sure that users are doing for themselves what they want to be doing um it's a little bit of work but it's one of those like it's one of those side projects that doesn't feel like work like i very much look forward to getting yep. on these meetings and talking to whoever we're going to be talking to um and we don't spend a ton of time planning in fact usually the less we plan like we have our little set list and we throw our ideas together uh but we don't like rehearse anything and we definitely don't read it and that's kind of the that's why it's so fun um well and to go with the expectations thing the other thing i would suggest too and this goes with students and with doing it personally is to not be afraid to fail right and the reason i say that is because uh we have had some really cool guests on just from me being annoying i think and mm -hmm. sending them multiple emails like hey are you going right. to be on are you going to be on uh <laughs> i recently had a chance to do a book study in st Clair county uh, and we had uh, John Meehan and Michael Matera pop on with us for one of our book studies as well for the same reason. Uh, is I kept bugging them on Twitter and they showed up and they just crushed it for an hour with our teachers. We had 15 teachers who benefited from that opportunity. So the point I'm making is shoot your shot because right. you really don't know. The worst they can say is no or ignore you. 
and, uh, or it could work out and be amazing. And right. it, it, we've, we've been lucky enough to have some unique uh, viewpoints. Mm -hmm. uh, what we actually have, uh, we've, we've had some really cool people that come on. And I think it's just because the second that we reach out to them, it's, do you want to be on this super casual? You don't have to promote anything. You can promote yourself. We're just going to talk nonsense for 45 minutes if that's okay with you. And, uh, and it works out. So if, even if you have students and you're like, man, I don't know if this will work. You know, the worst that can happen is somebody says no. So shoot right. your shot. Give it a try. Right. It has been fun. Definitely surprising in a lot of ways. Um, so the, really, like, at the end, we don't want to talk a, a ton about, like, tech. Like, what, what kind of microphones do you want to buy? But we right. did want to at least kind of offer some ideas because sure. uh, we each have – we've had three different microphones that we use, and they all – serve the function all fine yours is explain that one it's the yeti blue microphone uh, this is the second one i've had the first one my daughter broke uh she <laughs> was recording herself as i said unbeknownst to me and what she would do is she would get super close to this and talk really really loud and i guess just from her playing around with it it just totally broke on me so this is the second one i've had these are actually super durable um they record incredibly well uh, they pick up sound well. It's what a lot of YouTubers and podcasters use as well. And so, and, and they go for less than $200 for a microphone, which again, 200 bucks, a little pricey, but uh, it, you know, if it's something that you really want to commit yourself to, this is a great thing to get. Um, but for students, I don't necessarily know if you need to get a bunch of Yeti blue mics, right. unless you've got a grand, in which case go to town, go crazy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, really, set up a studio. Yes, yeah, set up a studio in that case. So, and uh, let us know. And are you hiring? Right. Um, right. But there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that you can do this. But my preference is this, uh, just because it's easy for me to communicate uh, through to carry around with, and uh, it's it's relatively cheap. So, yeah. what about you? So I'm I'm using this. It's Tonor is the name. I don't know <laughs> what this means, and I've never heard of the company before. But I got on Amazon and looked for microphones under thirty five dollars, and this one I found it. Uh, and so this is it's just a little stand. It's actually uh, pretty durable, like you said. It's yeah. easy to carry around. Um, I like it a lot because, like I said, it's it's one that you don't have to really do major setup. Uh, however, I didn't like the way that it looked in the videos, even though that's stupid because it's a podcast. But um, so I ended up buying one that I thought would be would look cooler that had like an arm, like you see on TV and stuff. And I that just I just wanted to have that. So this was like forty something dollars, like a little bit more expensive. I got links to both of these on Amazon. Um, but they are again pretty well reviewed. Again, read just read the reviews. There's a million different kinds of random companies you so never many. have heard of. Um, grab a microphone and see how they do. Uh, it, and it's really just one of those things that is personal preference. Like I said, you can go, and that's not even super expensive, but that's, a, that's more expensive. You can go super cheap. You can just use your Chromebook. Like There's not necessarily a requirement. We just kind of, like we said, we just wanted to have a little bit of something. Or you could put it on donors choose if you're going to use it with your students. Or that's you true. could tell your admin, hey, you know that SEL money that's come through through the state? This will benefit the social emotional learning of my students, and it will require some equity learning in my classroom. And they'll say, oh, okay, that sounds great. And then you can get a new microphone. So yeah, there you go. So we got only a couple minutes left. So we are uh, we're like right at here about 945. We're going to be done in just a few minutes. Yep. Uh, we wanted to open it up. If you guys had any questions or thoughts, uh, wow, they're already applauding. Um, it was amazing. Do <laughs> um, you guys have any questions or anything uh, for us? Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, I, um, I'll be honest. I don't know that one hundred percent, but it's definitely something I can I can look into. Yeah, I I'll, I'm, I just don't off the top of my head. I'm not one hundred percent. I don't sure. think there is an educational focused one. Yeah, um, I think Anchor is the closest thing, and so, so the other ones I would think you you I was about to say you might just stick with stick with something that is on the list. Uh, Flipgrid would probably be a, a better option. Yeah. Right. Right. On Anchor, that right, that would be the case, yeah. And, you know, and I guess even if you are creating your own account on Anchor and having the kids use it, that still, it's not student information, but, like, that's always so touchy. And with Sopo, Sopo, whatever it is, yeah, God knows what that's going to end up being like. I mean, it might be easier just to stick with Flipgrid or something like that with your students. I, I will I say one thing we have done is it, I just cross the board if I know teachers are doing it. I encourage them not to use names. So right, I, I, just right. because, you know, even if it's shared internally, the last thing I would ever want is for somebody to be like, 
hey, you know, I don't like that. So we even get on the students, hey, you're not putting your name in it, you know, you're just talking so and go from there. So, right. but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is, uh, if, if that's the concern, I would definitely stick with that too, 100%. Which I think is a big re... Say that again. Typically not. Typically they'll do like what we're doing and, and they might just, you hear voices. Uh, but what I'll tell the students is you don't have to say like, that's right, Jim. That's correct, Susie. You know, just having that conversation. And the reason we do that is again, SOPA compliancy. I just don't want that ever to be something that comes back on us. And usually we'll just explain that to the kids. Typically the podcasting groups that are doing this as a class are old enough to have that conversation about digital privacy and data privacy. So, um, and again, if a kid messes up and does it, I, I mean, you know, we can, we can always edit it or we can do whatever, but that's kind of been our policy with it just to be safe. Um, but your, you know, your mileage may vary with that. A lot of people wanted to, to be able to share the kids like with the parents and stuff like that. What we did uh, at Triad was we had them create basically a, a Google site website with their show notes and stuff like that on it. And they would just link to the audio files that they had in drive. And then we would lock that website down to the to the domain, <clears throat> and then um, if the parents wanted to watch, they'd have to sign them with their kids' account. And it, it kind of just sort of like at least locked it down as much as we could lock it down, if that makes sense. Another great thing is if you're recording through Flipgrid or you record through Google Meet, you can download the which this sounds counterintuitive, but uh, you can download the video file just as audio, right? So Google Meet, we would go to, we could download this file today and you're not gonna see our faces on there, but you can still take the audio. And we've uploaded to YouTube and set our YouTube uh, privacy settings to private or unlisted. So that's just shareable that way. And, and that's a, another level of protection. We just did that with a group of pre-K students too, where uh, they were talking about gratitude, what they're thankful for. And, um, uh, and we didn't record any faces. We didn't use any names, but each student came up and they talked about what they were thankful for. And we just put it as an unlisted video on YouTube that the parents could access, but nobody else would be able to access. So, you know, just another little measure you have there. So. Anybody else? Questions, concerns, comments? You know, that again, Google YouTube. searching, YouTube is a good place for that. And actually, that was one of the things that when I was talking about, um, uh, when, I, when I recorded those videos where kids use Chrome, Chromebooks to record their podcast, basically they just hit record and they play the music on their Chromebook and like turn the volume down when they start talking and they turn, and then you could just actually have a whole bunch of YouTube videos up and just play the sound effect and it would record that way. Um, there are some royalty-free, sound effects are a little harder to find. Um, music is for whatever reason easier to find than sound effects. I don't know why that is. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, that's a good question. I really should add that. Does, we'll add that to the page when does, we can find something. Does We Video have? We Video doesn't. I don't think they have built-in sound have, effects. They have some. Do they have some? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Let's look. Our experience with YouTube has been pretty good. Just looking up royalty-free sound effects, royalty-free music. Uh, you do have to put a level where you can remove that. And typically those YouTube channels will say, hey, here's how you can take this and use it. But again, I mean, YouTube is and copyright is kind of, yeah, it's kind of a mess. So um, winter morning, what does winter morning sound like? Nothing. Oh, birds and snow. I can hear the snow. So anyway, I don't know. We video does have some sound effects. Um, I don't know how good they are. I'm not really messed with those. Um, but that's a good question. So if we can, we may add, um, might add some lists, yeah. some stuff to our um, to our document as we go through. So that document is, uh, we may use it again. If we ever present this again. Um, so just kind of hold that, and we'll we'll maybe add more things as we get to it. That's a good question. Yeah. Anybody else? Muted. Everything. Our both of our computers are muted. Yep. Um, coming out, so we may be on each other's microphone, right? But we won't be coming through. Like it'll just be in two microphones. Then um, the real issue with feedback is when sound is coming out of a computer and going back into right. another computer and then back through. So if it's all muted, then it it shouldn't affect anything. So did you guys not have? Did, have you guys done where you're next to each other? within the last 24 hours? No. That was your first go This was it. Okay, I'd be interested to see if there's that double sound. Well, I, I can, you know what, let me, I'll stop the recording uh, when we're done. Um, and we can, well, it usually takes a while, especially the longer the video, it takes a little while for it to get to us, but we can take a look at it. Yeah, I don't know, it could be a disaster. But looking at it right now, <laughs> like it's, case, not, it was fun. it's not feeding back. Right now. When you talk, yeah. I can see on his 
Yeah. Right. And it may come through a little bit. Yeah. And that may be the case. But like wondering how this might affect teachers that are wanting to dive into this with their students, but if their students are sitting across from one another. Right. And is there going to be that, that echo? Earphone, earphone microphones would probably solve most of that because those earphone microphones don't partly pick up anything other than what's right here. So especially if they're six feet apart, right. the, it probably won't affect anything at all. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that's the, those are the ones, you know, the ones that comes with the, come with the phones. Usually you can, I mean, I don't know, you can find usually pretty cheap ones at like Walgreens, like four or five bucks a piece. You know, they don't have to be the iPhone ones. The kids got to be three feet apart, right? When they're recording that, or is, isn't that, isn't that what the rule is? Like if they have to sit like us like this. Yeah. yeah is that currently? Yeah. Cause, cause what I'm thinking is I know what we've done is just set up one to record and the kids just sit here and record. That works too. And just you're recording on one device versus using multiple devices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. yeah. And like I said, the microphone that's built in is usually really good for picking up, you know, yeah. most more sounds than just we the just, person talking. We just recorded a class full of um, students on Flipgrid, uh, like 17 fifth graders. And uh, I told them, I said, look, you're not going out in the hallway. You know, you got to be in here. You have to space out. And so they space out in the room. And actually, um, with 17 kids recording all at once, there was not a lot of ambient noise or bleed over from other kids. There's a, I mean, there's a little bit, right? Or, and there were a lot of kids who sat on the floor. And uh, when I walked by, I got to see my lower half on video, which is great. I love it when a kid shows me that video. And I'm like, oh, there's Mr. Lurch. So thanks, kids. But, um, but yeah, in terms of sound, it worked out pretty well. I, I think what's kind of interesting is students will... Uh, naturally be perfectionists because this is a, a thing that they are into and they want to be a part of. And so if they sit down and they're going to record this and somebody is three feet away from them recording their own thing, I think they will just work their own issues out sometimes uh, without us having to do oversight with it. You know, if Adam and I are in the same class and he's recording his video, uh, I might be like, he, I might be like, all right, buddy, you record yours and I'll do mine. You know, I, I just seen a lot more of that where it's not necessarily something we're anticipating, but the kids just figured it out themselves too, which I know isn't like the best answer, but um, it was just, it was just how we just recently saw that with fifth yeah. grade doing that would seem to work. Okay. So uh, one kid per Chromebook. So 17 oh. kids recorded on 17 Chromebooks. Yeah. And, and the room was, I mean, our school was built in like 1949. So, I mean, that's not very big. Yeah. Not very big. So lots of concrete walls. Uh, yeah, Good and, for sound. yeah, and they had to. Uh, they weren't allowed to go record in their bomb shelter. So no, just that's not true. We don't have a bomb shelter anymore. So um, anything else? Good questions. Any oh, I will say one thing. Um, meet, I've discovered, has a better like it. There's less of a lag than there is with Zoom. For whatever room, whatever reason, if you're recording two Zooms in the same room, um, there is always a lag, and Meet doesn't seem to have that. Yeah. Um, and again. We, we'll find out when we listen to this, you know, if we should have been more separated across the room or something like that. But maybe we can put it on the our, our, our Twitter account. Like yeah. If, if we, you know, just like whether or not that was good or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we will. We'll tweet, we'll tweet it out. Sure. Sounds good. And if it's no good, it won't show up on the podcast list. We'll just pretend like it never happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anybody else? Yeah. Any last questions before we go? All right. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate yeah, you, appreciate you coming. Let us know uh, if you've got any... Let me, uh, let me put our contact information back up here real quick. Um, there we are. You can meet us on, or you find us on Twitter. I'm at Adam Guys, and he's at Mr. Lurch Class. Um, and feel free to reach out if you've got questions or you want to try stuff or whatever works. Thank you guys again.